Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 178 of the podcast that was originally recorded on September 24th of 2017. Some of the games I played this past week or two, Bunny Kingdom, A Little Quest for El Dorado, I finally got Anachrony to the table, but it wasn't my copy, but my copy should be here this week. We also played some Mystic Veil. I hosted the Spirits of the Veil event down at my friend local game store, and everybody had a great time with that one. Of course, in this episode, I also talk about a few of the things that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. Welcome to episode 178 of the podcast. As always, you can send me some emails, let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on BoardGameGeek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Twitch page is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And on YouTube, you can subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. All right. Last week, we had a bunch of things going on here. We had one of the pets, which weren't doing too good. He is doing much better now. So I am getting back into the swing of things. I didn't get to go down to the game store as much as I wanted to the previous week, but this past week I did get to go down and we did get a few things played between the past couple of weeks. So let's start off with a little bunny kingdom. I saw this being played a couple of weeks ago down at the game store and it looked really interesting. The board looks a little small. The bunny components look rather small as well. Uh, but actually, it is a very, very good drafting slash um, area control style game. On your turn, you're going to be dealt out 12 cards. You're going to take two of those cards as a drafting format, set those down. You're going to pass the other cards around. You're going to flip those two cards over and basically play them. What they may let you do is they may let you put a bunny onto the board and basically take control of an area. You could also possibly have a little citadel that could have one of three different spires on there. There's, They have different towers on there, and the towers let you get uh, more victory points at the end of the round when you're trying to calculate up what type of area you have or what type of spaces you have for area control. Those towers are a multiplier, and so there are towers that have one spire, two, and then three, and there are only a couple of ones that have three on there. We did a three-player game, so like I said, I think we had we were initially being dealt out 12 cards, and then we're putting two down, passing the cards around, taking the actions for those two cards, and then basically rinse and repeating until all 12 of those cards are gone. That would be the end of the round. You're then going to look at the board, figure out what areas you have that are going to be where you have bunnies that are next to each other. And as long as there is a tower there, a spire, you're going to count those and multiply that by however many spaces your control. Actually, no, it is based on the goods that your bunnies are over. So there are going to be different resources that are on the board. And whether you're on... You have to be on different types of resources for the multiplier to work. So if you're on three carrot spaces in one of the regions that you're controlling, 
that only counts as one. It doesn't necessarily count as three. So you don't necessarily count up all the resources. You count up all of the different resources. Multiply that by the number of towers that you have, I believe, is how it how it's working. And that will then give you victory points. There are other cards that are going to change some different things in the game. There are cards that are going to let you connect two different kingdoms together into one big one and get one big huge multiplier. There's cards that will let you put down a bunny even if you don't have the actual tile or card that you have that specifies that specific tile. So one side of the board is letters, the other side is numbers. So kind of like in battleship format, you're kind of looking at like A5 and then you can put one of your bunnies there when you have the A5 card. When you play one of the city cards, it actually lets you put your bunny anywhere on the board that somebody already isn't and that you don't necessarily have a card for, but you need to watch out because in later on in the round, somebody could actually come up with that card. So if I put my bunny on A5 and actually didn't play that card, just use the city card. When somebody actually pulled out A5, if they were to play that, they would knock my bunny off. So that could completely break up my my kingdom that I'm trying to build. So I will say it was it was a really interesting game. Um, the components look really nice. I really like the look of the game. Even though the board does look a little small and the bunnies that you're dealing with are all a little small, you have a lot of bunnies that you're actually going to be putting out into the board. And by the end of the game, our board was very full and we were spread out all over the place. I was able to connect a couple of things and score-wise, I was able to do okay. Not as good as some of the other people, but... I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty cool game. I'm not too sure how this would play with two players. I'd actually like to play this with just my wife and I to see how this one works with two. Like I said, I think we had three people in our game and it actually went pretty good. We had a really good time playing it and that's Bunny Kingdom. And I think that game is from Aiello and that's possibly one of the game, one of the reasons why it actually does look so good. Aiello usually does put out some pretty good looking games. Uh, after that, we jumped over to a little bit of a racing game, The Quest for El Dorado. This one I was a little torn of. I really enjoyed the game at first, and playing through the game, I thought it was really good, up until the point where I was kind of blocked, and I really couldn't move because of the cards that I have. In this game, you're going to be... You, you have cards that you're going to use for your movement, and this is kind of like a deck builder. So you're going to be playing cards from your hand, trying to purchase cards um, from the center tableau that will let you actually move your characters on this board. And you're trying to basically get to the finish line as the first person to get to the finish line is going to be the winner in this style, in this type of game. And there's different type of spaces that you're going to need to move through. There could be spaces that are kind of like forest spaces or could be water spaces. So you're going to need to play the appropriate type of cards to be able to move through there. There's also going to be symbols on the spaces, which will show you how many of that particular symbol you're going to need to be able to move through it. Now, there is in, in one of the boards we were playing on, there was a longer path you could take like through the forest if you didn't have any of the larger forest cards to kind of be able to cut through the forest and get through some things. But you could kind of like zigzag your way around and get through some of the other obstacles that you were trying to run into. Like I said, I was really enjoying the game. I thought it was really cool. I really liked the deck building component to it up until somebody kind of just sat on a spot and kind of just literally hung me up for about two or three rounds where I literally couldn't move around them because they were at a choke point. 
And I kind of just sat there was like, okay, there's really no place else we can go right now. I, we, we, it was earlier in the game to where we couldn't afford some of the higher costing cards. And I just sat there thinking that it just didn't, it's, it's a, it's a completely valid strategy, but considering I sat there for three turns and really couldn't do anything to me, I just thought there was just something a little wrong with that. And that could just be how the game is supposed to be played. And I believe from watching a few other videos and listening and reading a few things on the game, I think that's just part of the game. But uh, for me, that kind of just kind of just just broke it for me. And I'm, I'm not too sure why. I'm going to have to try this game again and hopefully not get broken while I'm playing it. And maybe we can actually not get hung up like that. Uh, but like I said, it looks like it's a valid strategy. And the other thing when you're playing with this game, the cards are small cards that you would normally see maybe in maybe like a Euro word replacement game or something. But for it being an actual deck builder where you have these cards in your hand constantly and you're playing with them, the smaller style cards can't say I'm a huge fan of those. But the game actually seems like it's doing quite well. It seems pretty popular and it was an, it was a good racing game. So. I'm going to talk about another racing game under the what I want to play now part of the show, which is one that I'm really looking forward to. And hopefully we're going to get that to the table tomorrow. But the quest for El Dorado was a good game. Like I said, I want to try it again, see if the choke points, maybe playing a different board might be negated some. But if I run into something like that again, I have a feeling I'm not really too sure if that would really be something that I'm really kind of going to be wanting to get to the table too, too much. After that, we were able to get Anachrony to the table this past week. Anachrony is a worker placement game. This game, if you don't have a large gaming table to play on, you're going to need to probably put two tables together then to get this thing played. Um, we were playing at one of the larger tables down at my local game store, and it was still a little pressed for space, and we weren't even using everything that came in the box. So we weren't using um, some of the expansions. We weren't using the mechs. Uh, and one of the reasons why we weren't using the mechs is we were going through the game. The one guy who actually owned the game said, since it's the first time all of us were playing, when he went through the his teaching of the rules, which probably took about 30 minutes, which I was just like, oh boy, this game is going to be really, I thought the game was going to be really heavy. But it's, I would say it's a medium to medium heavy style game. It Once you kind of get a feel for what you're doing with the workers and how they're, how they're being played, and there's some interesting mechanics going on with the workers, but we didn't play with the mechs that he actually had because he said he has a feeling for the first time somebody's playing through the game, those mechs kind of cover up just a big part of the board when you're playing them, and it just makes it hard to see some of the different spaces that are around there than when you're just using the tiles for the mech. So we we played with the mech tiles instead of the actual miniatures. And I can see that exactly what he was saying. When I looked at the miniatures and we went to set one on the board, I could instantly see what he was thinking that it basically blocks the view of several things around there. So being the first time most of us were actually playing the game at the table, it was, I think, a really good idea to just play with the tiles. It lets you really keep the board a little bit more open. It doesn't, you know, of course, since you're playing, not playing with the miniatures, it's not going to look as fancy. It's not going to look as tricked out. But it's still, I think, for the first time playing, it's a much, much, it's a much better way to play the game to help you learn it and just be able to see what's going on. So on your turn, you're going to be playing your workers. Now, one of the interesting things about the game is 
if you're after the first round, when you're taking the workers off the board, most of the workers are going to come back and they're going to be tired from working. So they're going to end up onto the left part of your tableau, which is basically where they're kind of sleeping. You're going to need to do some sort of action or do something to actually wake them up and move them over onto the awake side of your tableau so you can actually utilize them again. You're going to be able to collect other workers in various places on the board as well as purchase buildings, and there's three different slots of buildings. Um, I think one of my, with the character I had, I think I was going for the yellow building, so I think I got more points at the end of the game if I had three yellow buildings, which I was able to complete um, during one of the last rounds of the game. This game is definitely, definitely going to be in my top 10 at the end of the year. So let's get back to, but that's, that's, a, that's a little spoiler, I guess, but let's get back to a little bit of how the game is played. You're going to be placing the, placing your workers on the board and doing different actions. One of the rows is going to let you possibly purchase other workers. One row is going to let you do buildings. One row is going to let you roll some dice. The dice are going to let you try to collect these different tiles, which are going to let you build some of the super components of the game which give you, I believe, six victory points. Some of them will give at the end of the game. I don't know if they all do. I think a majority of them do. They also possibly give you some additional actions that you can take. Your buildings will give you additional actions as well. I was taking some of the time travel actions, which actually let me take my um, my one token that's along the time travel track and actually go back. And this is something that you definitely need to do. So on your turn, there's also, or at the beginning of a round, there's also kind of like, I guess you can say a little bit of an auction type of component to it because everybody's going to bid a couple of resources and you're going to get these resources right then and there. But you need to keep in mind that you're going to, later on in the game, you're going to need to send your time traveler back to that era and actually try to turn that good back in to get the token back because you're possibly going to want to reuse that token later on in the game to get that resource again. So you have to be able to get your resources in multiple ways. Now, there are mul mul there are multiple ways to get resources in this game. One of the spots on the board lets um, as many players go as, you know, go to the spot as they want to, and it gives everybody three water. Water is a currency that you're going to need throughout the game because pretty much everything you do is going to require water, especially waking up your workers most of the time is going to require you to spend some amount of water normally to be able to wake them up. One of the other spots on the board has a, I don't want to say rondelle, but it has kind of like a trade in where you can actually trade goods based on whatever is to the right or left of that particular good. So if I had water, I could basically turn water into a good that that is either on the right or the left of it for trading in that water. So there's a whole circular spot on there, and as many people as can go there on a turn you know, that want to go there can. Most of the other spots that your workers are going to go to are only going to be allowed to go once. The spots that are towards the top of the different columns are a little cheaper as you go down, because I think there's three spots in each column you can go to. The ones towards the bottom are, usually have a little bit more of a cost to them. There's also two other spots at the top that require just a water cost to go there that lets you go to any of the columns as far as rolling the dice, as far as taking the action for building or possibly recruiting another worker. 
So there's a couple of different tracks on the board that you're going to need to need to pay attention to. Like I said, we're saying you want to make sure you have a lot of water, but you're also going to want to pay attention to one of the tracks that actually influences how much it's going to cost you to wake up your workers. I can't remember what that track was actually called off the top of my head. I only got the game played once, and hopefully my copy of the game is going to be coming into my friendly local game store, hopefully tomorrow or sometime this week. I believe they are getting it in, so I'm really looking forward to getting it and actually sitting down reading the rules myself. I have a good good idea of how to play the game now after playing it once, but um, I have to say it's just a it's just a really spectacular game. You're going to continue playing your workers through the different eras, and once you get to the, I think it's right after the fourth era, there's going to be a a collision or a big um, eruption that kind of happens, and after that, the game can end basically at the end of any turn or at the end of any round, I guess you should say. You're going to be putting tiles down on those nine center areas where you can actually take actions. I think it's nine there. And once those tiles are actually flipped over and used, they can only be used once. That will kind of kick off the end of the game. I think if you don't get those utilized, I think the game can last a maximum of seven rounds, I think it is, is what it was. So I think my one buddy was saying he has gotten to the end of the seventh round before all of those actions were actually taken after that big cataclysmic event happens. Victory Points is the name of the game for this one. There is definitely, definitely a lot going on to it, and I'm hoping that once I get my copy in, my wife and I can actually sit down, learn the game, and then we'll be able to stream this because I think this would be a great game to stream, but it is a longer game, so you probably... Definitely want to be on the two-hour side for a four-player game. I'm guessing even after you know everything, it will probably take that long, So, which is a perfect time for me. I enjoy games that are... You know, have a little bit more depth to them as well as a little bit longer, you know, longevity to them. I'm completely fine with that. Anachrony, I was so glad that I uh, was, was able to get this game to the table. And it is one that I've really been looking forward to. It was a game that I was going to kickstart. I didn't. And then I didn't order it from their website. And before I knew it, they were sold out. So I'm just glad that they did another print and run and that I'm actually going to be getting my copy here hopefully soon this week. And that was anachrony. After that, my wife and I went down to the local game store on Saturday. We actually ran a Mystic Veil event from AEG. Spirits of the Veil was the event kit that we actually ran. It was pretty good. We haven't played Mystic Veil much lately. So I actually had to sit down and reread through the rules the other day. And once I, re once I read through them, I was like, okay, I remember how to play this. You know, it's definitely not a deck builder. It's a deck constructor. You're going to start off with 20 cards in your deck, but those cards, you know, you will never get more than 20, but you will definitely change those cards in your deck as you're playing through the game. I've talked about Mystic Veil multiple times. The event kit that they actually had for the Spirits of the Veil event is a really, really good event kit. It came with eight, so it came with some, it came with enough components in there for eight players. So we had two tables of four going the whole afternoon down at the local game store. It came with a couple of additional veil cards. It came with some other cards that you're going to be able to clear cards that you can add to your cards, the advancement cards. It came with wooden tokens for the four different types of kind of like mana, I guess you could say, or the, the 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 types of resources that they have in the game. And those wooden resources are really nice. It was, the event kit was really well put together. There was enough in there 
for everybody that played. So I made sure that we kept it at just eight players, even though I think there were a few additional people that wanted to play. I wanted to make sure everybody got the same of everything. They even gave you like a little lore book and the lore book was really interesting in this event kit because the lore book, the way you're supposed to run the event and we ran it a little bit differently. We kind of just all played the game. You're actually supposed to be trying to finish different achievements in the lore book, you know, put stickers on things and then you're supposed to get different things for finishing that. But everybody kind of wanted their own set of things you know, their own complete set of components from the box. That's why I just try to keep it set to just eight players and not run higher than that. Everybody really enjoyed it. Everybody liked what they got from the kit. I'm hoping AEG actually puts out a few more of these because I definitely have some people that we will be able to get together and play this with. And every, like I said, everybody just had a good time playing it. And I was really glad that we were able to get back to Mystic Vale. And now my wife and I, I picked up the first expansion maybe a month or two ago, and we just haven't had a chance to get it to the table. And now after playing it this weekend, it's something we definitely want to get to the table and we want to play again. Other than that, those are the games I played this past week. I've also been playing, I'm not going to put this in the show notes, but I've also been playing a little bit of Evolution the video game. I actually just did a stream for that this evening. North North Star Games actually has this out as a Kickstarter right now. So if you're looking, if you like the board game evolution and you want a digital format of that, go out and check out their Kickstarter. Uh, I will be doing another stream on Wednesday for that. And I will say I'm really enjoying that so far. All right, let's jump into a few of the things that I want to play now. So I was talking about the quest for El Dorado earlier, which is a racing game. Downforce was a game I picked up a couple weeks ago. This is a game from Restoration Games. I don't think I've mentioned this one under what I want to play now. If I had, I apologize, but I'm really wanting to get this one to the table. I haven't yet, and I think tomorrow is the day that we are going to get this one to the table and give it a chance. I'm really looking forward to it. I've watched a couple of different playthroughs of this one. And I've seen it played, but I have not had a chance to play it myself. So I'm really looking forward to getting in a four-player game of that. And then I'm hoping I can convince my wife to just do a two-player. I'd like to see how this actually, how this game actually runs with just two-player. So, but hopefully we're going to be getting that one to the table this week down at the game store. After that, I picked up Cities of Splendor. Cities of Splendor is an expansion for the Splendor board game, I guess you could say. The expansion actually has four different expansions in there, and they all look like they add something a little unique to the game of Splendor. I haven't had a chance to even open up this box as I just bought that um, the other night, so that hasn't even been opened up yet, but I'm really looking forward to getting Cities of Splendor to the table. My wife and I haven't touched Splendor in quite a while. We've actually been spending probably more time with Century Spice Road. Um, So we're going to see if this actually renews any interest we have in Splendor and see if this actually makes it a little bit more of a game than what Splendor actually was. Splendor was a good game, but after a while, it just seemed to kind of just die out for us. So hopefully we'll see if this renews our interest in Splendor or not. So we will let you know about that in an upcoming episode of the podcast. Other than that, my friendly local game store owner gave me a game called Twilight of the Gods. This appears to be a two to four player card game that is expandable. I don't believe it is a living card game. It almost seems, I don't know if it's collectible either, but it's supposedly you have a box of cards that you purchase. And then there's also a booster pack. It almost looks like 
The game reminds me a little bit of Magic from just reading the outside of the box. I'm not really too familiar with this one. It looks like they did have a Kickstarter out there. Um, I don't know how popular the Kickstarter was or not. I'm guessing since the game was printed, it was funded. So I was just handed this after running the Mystic Veil event the other day. So I really haven't had too much time to sit down and dig into this game at all. But from what I can tell on the back of the box, the art looks cool. It sounds interesting. Um, and looking on Board Game Geek, it seems like it's best with two players. So I'm interested what the four player rules for this game are and how it plays. But my wife and I are going to maybe try to give this one a shot sometime this week. And we'll see how that one goes. And that's called Twilight of the Gods. Other than that, that is it. Those are the games I played for the week. And those are a few of the things that I want to play. So as always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440 on Twitter and Instagram. We are at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. On Twitch, you can follow us and subscribe to us, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. Other than that, everybody knows what they should go do. Go play some more games, then let me know what you're playing now. Until next week, everybody, have a great week gaming, and I will talk to you later. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye.